It is a brand new year, and we're welcoming a new sponsor to the podcast today. Dale Carter's America continues to grow. We continue to talk about the things that you care about. On today's podcast, we'll talk about our expectations for the new Congress, the war on merit, and the news of the day. It's all straight ahead on our 100th episode of Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. With Kurt Wheeler, I'm Dale Carter, and this is our 100th episode. We started this podcast, you may recall, on Inauguration Day for Joe Biden in 2021, and we've made it to 100 episodes. And we thought it might be fun to have a little contest um, in order for you to um, win something. We have a couple of prizes. We'll tell you later. you got to watch or listen to the entire podcast. I recommend you watch it on the YouTube channel and subscribe. That's a little hint. Uh, but what you're going to win is $100 in cash all right oh yeah from the the coffers at dale carter's america see we got sponsors <laughs> now so we got money we can play with and we will also throw in this commemorative 50th anniversary arrowhead stadium football for the kansas city chiefs this is a limited edition of 2022 uh, it celebrates the chiefs super bowl win the year they did that pays tribute to patrick mahomes and travis kelsey and then on this side it's the uh, 50th anniversary logo of geha field at arrowhead stadium with some stadium history and championship history as well, which we hope to continue to write championship history for the Chiefs. So uh, listen and or watch, more specifically watch the podcast all the way through, and you'll find out how you can win the $100 and the Chiefs football, which I think is worth another 100 bucks. So this is like a $200 grand prize. That's big money. That is huge money for this. <laughs> and how are we getting this kind of money? Well, we have a brand new sponsor that we want to welcome to the podcast today, Midwest GI Health. And Dr. Mark Taormina. I actually asked him how to pronounce that, and it, he, he phonetically spelled it for me because a bunch of friends have gone to this doctor, and they all gave me a different pronunciation. Mm. And I know his wife is a judge in Blue Springs, and we botched her name when we um, brought her onto the court. Um, so he gave me a pronunciation guide. It is Taormina. And um, he's seen the insides of a lot of folks, especially in eastern Jackson County, uh, with Midwest GI Health in Lee's Summit. They serve all of eastern Jackson County for GI services, mainly colonoscopies and upper endoscopy examinations. Am I saying that right? Endoscopy? Sure. For, well, yeah, <laughs> like you're a doctor. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of women who, who get this procedure done, they'd like to go to a woman, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I can see that. Mm -hmm. uh, he has Dr. Joan Chandra on staff. Yep, okay. There she is right there. There she is. Wow. Makes me want to go get my colonoscopy. <laughs> Hopefully my wife didn't hear that. Anyway, uh, he's going to be a big part of the uh, podcast moving forward. And uh, we'll be talking about uh, the importance of getting those colonoscopies, those screenings. Uh, you know, late in the year, Kirstie Alley, the actress, died. You heard about that, right? Yeah. yeah Colon yeah. cancer. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you can catch. It can be treated. And, uh, you know, starting at age 45, you ought to be getting that done. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Dr. 
Dr. Mark Taormina is a, a fantastic guy. He's been doing this work in uh, eastern Jackson County for a long time. Um, and he says at age 45, you ought to think about getting this done. When I turned 50, that was like the age. And now they, they've lowered it by five years that you can catch this even earlier. So we thank uh, Midwest GI Health in Lee's Summit for being on board the podcast. And you know who gets the finder's fee for this is Bob Watson. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Mark called Bob Watson and he said, how do I get on this podcast? And uh, Bob Watson, who's been an early believer, State Farm Insurance agent, uh, in the podcast and what we're doing here, um, he he's not going to get a finder's fee. So, Bob, if you're listening to this, you're not getting a finder's <laughs> fee. In fact, your next bill is coming soon, just <laughs> so you know. 816-229-7878, 7th and Main in Blue Springs, Auto Home Life, uh, Commercial Insurance, licensed in both Missouri and Kansas. Uh, he was an early believer of the podcast here, a great American um, who loves what we stand for and what we're talking about. Uh, and if you need insurance, and who doesn't? I know we're at the first of the year now. Uh, it's never too late, especially to get a quote for car insurance. And State Farm has surprisingly great rates, and Bob Watson is the guy to call. 816-229-7878. Not only a believer in our podcast, but he's also out scouting for advertisers for us. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. So if you want to advertise on the podcast, call Bob Watson. (laughs) Maybe we should commission him. I don't know, right? (laughs) Yeah, he can be our rep. Yeah. So, um, and as an insurance agent, I know this is going to hit close to home for Bob. And as a doctor, I know it'll hit close to home for Dr. Tarmina. uh, And that is the latest on Bill Safety, Damar Hamlin. When we were doing prep for the podcast... Uh, Believe it or not, Kurt, I had not seen this yet. I went to bed, didn't see any of the uh, Monday night football game. I woke up thinking, gosh, I really hope the Bengals won that game because it would help the Chiefs in the playoffs and getting that number one seed. And I saw a text from my son in Atlanta, and he said, wow, did you see what happened? And so I read the story, but I hadn't seen the clip. So if you're watching on the YouTube channel, if you're connected there, if you're subscribing there, you're going to see this. So uh, roll the clip on what happened on Monday night football. You see the tackle there, and then Hamlin, who made the tackle, stands up, and then he falls down, and his heart stopped. Yeah. And they had to do, you know, CPR on him. him um, Without those life-saving measures, Kurt, he would have died right there on the field. 100%. Yeah. There was a a player, I believe, I didn't even know this at the time, there was a player that died in like 1970 or something like that. Are you familiar with that? I heard that story, uh, but I I wasn't familiar with that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's some heavy stuff. Remind me where we're going next. So um, we have an update from there's just a report that has ah. an update on his status here. And, we and again, this that. could be dated. We're, we're watching this kind of day to day and hour yeah. to hour. Well, today's Wednesday, and I think this is from this morning. So okay. this is the most up to date we have. Yeah, Jamie, it's been nearly 36 hours since DeMar Hamlin suffered that cardiac arrest in that Monday night game and was taken to this University of Cincinnati Medical Center, a level one trauma center. And we are here today hoping to provide you any final update on DeMar Hamlin's health status. But I was able to get some sort of update from his uncle talking with him outside of the hospital last night. And Dorian Glenn mentioned to me that DeMar is still in the intensive care unit, the ICU, on a ventilator and in sedation. But he did have a positive update. He said he's improved to 50% oxygen needed on the ventilator after originally being at 100%. And said he said, look, the main thing for us now is for him to breathe on his own and continue to improve his lung capacity. And look, he's not out of the woods yet, Mars uncle said, but 
Right now, they're taking it day by day. He did want to make clear that he thanked the first responders who resuscitated him, got him to the hospital, and gave him a fighting chance to survive. And so as we're here at the hospital, the main thing, as we try to continue to update this story, is DeMar's continued progress and his ability to breathe on his own. And we will give you any further updates we have throughout the day. Yeah, and we continue to pray for DeMar Hamlin. In fact, over on ESPN, they did just that. Mm-hmm. Let's watch that. All day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard. Uh, because we believe that your God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace, if we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. Amen. Can't say any better than that. Of course, that guy's probably going to get fired from ESPN <laughs> uh, because, yeah, I don't know, maybe that's a, a step too far. Uh, but we thank them for doing that. And, uh, of course, we believe in the power of prayer here at Dale Carter's America. There's a right and there's a wrong. And sometimes, uh, too often, Kurt, that line gets blurred. I, I think there is definitely a right and wrong, don't you? Oh, yeah, 100%. And as we uh, think about New Year's Eve in Australia, um, what we're finding in this country, and I think this is true, is that the woke thing equals broke. How many movies has Hollywood put out that may well win Oscars that, that lost money? I mean, it, it, Disney's gone through this. Woke equals broke. Uh, they're going to get that memo in Australia, especially after the phones lit up. Their New Year's Eve performance, including a drag queen performing Olivia Newton-John's songs. Of course, Olivia Newton-John died in 2022. Switchboards at the Australian version of ABC lit up with complaints at how far the coverage went into the woke world. Um, and we have a clip of the drag queen Olivia Newton-John. Here we go. That's a dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that the song is Xanadu. I came out of it thinking Xana don't. That's just, uh, ugh, not I have to good. say, man, the, uh, the drag queens are getting pretty convincing. It's it's kind of troubling, to be honest. It's like, um, thankfully, I'm married. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I but. mean, that's like a leotard kind of thing. I mean, do you tuck it up the other way? Uh, Maybe I that's something Dr. Taormina could tell us about. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, he looks up in that area. Or uh, Buffalo Bill, we could ask. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in this country, of course, Times Square was where uh, New Year's Eve is typically uh, counted down. Um, and in New York, on CNN, uh, Don Lemon was hosting the coverage there from, actually, it was New Orleans yeah. where uh, Don Lemon was. And uh, this is in the central time zone, God's country, God's time, uh, as we have here. <laughs> 
Because you grew up on the East Coast, right? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Philly. And so. I spent like almost three years in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So I lived in the Eastern time zone, and I hated that. I love being in this part of the country. First of all, I'm an early to bed kind of a guy. But I like the fact that as I grew up, you know, prime time was 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Mm. You could catch the 10 o'clock news and then go to bed. I mean, right. on the East Coast, it doesn't start till 8 o'clock, and uh, the news doesn't come on till 11. Right? right, yeah. Like, you know, we were just talking about football. Like, Monday night football comes on at uh, 8.20 Eastern time. So, yeah, it's, it gets pretty late. Not and then you're good. up till basically midnight watching watching the game. And you need a clock. I mean, and then and then you got to count on the guys at CNN to kind of hit the top of the hour there. <laughs> Don Lemon is the host. And again, you need to be on YouTube because that's where, that's like the coloring book version of Dale Carter's America. If you're just <laughs> right. listening to the audio, you're just getting like the, you know, the, the audio. You want the coloring book. And this is definitely full of color. <laughs> There he is. <laughs> back that ass up. Right? Yeah. He's like, we missed the countdown. We missed midnight. <laughs> the fireworks are going off. Are they bleeping the word as? That's how we started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as is not ass. Well, it's kind of ass. I mean, it's back that know, ass Back that ass up. up. Back that ass up. I mean, next they'll be bleeping frick and frack and all that. Yeah, well. You I never guess. know. So way to go there, Don Lemon, on uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. <sighs> Boy, good time to mention. You talk about Party Central. How about um, our friend Jim Dingman at Funhouse Pizza? I mean, you know, Jim Dingman's a great American Marine and all that. And I guarantee you, if they were doing a New Year's Eve party at Funhouse Pizza, he would not miss midnight. And there'd probably be no drag queens either. There wouldn't be any drag queens. Anybody at Funhouse Pizza would have to have their pants pulled up yeah. because that's the sign he's got outside Funhouse Pizza. Pull your pants up. Right, right. And I, I get him on that. I feel him on that because I see that like at Walmart or something, and I just want to tell whoever it is, pull your damn pants up. <laughs> Maybe so you should. Between that, Actually, don't. You'll get mugged. <laughs> and between that and temporary tags, and then you got the shopping cart thing, we are definitely turning into grumpy old man. There's no question. Funhouse Pizza, 50 Highway in Lee's Summit, and 7 Highway in Blue Springs. They have amazing pizza, very cold beer, and as the name implies, you'll have a lot of fun. And you know where we're doing the $100 giveaway at the end of this podcast episode and the Chiefs football here? Jim Dingman does fun stuff like this all the time because he's got a lot of money. Mm -hmm. We don't have very much money on the podcast, so we're giving it out a little bit at a time. 100 (laughs) bucks on our 100th anniversary. Don't be looking for like 500 bucks on our 500th episode i just i don't see well maybe yeah but then we'll have more advertisers so yeah, maybe the, five thousand dollars on our 500th episode you know geez, dream big <laughs> so at the end of this episode we've got the chiefs football and the hundred dollars and we're going to do some fun stuff in 2023 at funhouse pizza with jim dingman so meanwhile go see him uh plan a birthday party there if you've got some slacker in your basement eating cheetos playing video games kick their ass out and uh, make them go get a job because Jim's always looking for great folks there at Funhouse Pizza. So there you go. The economy in 2023, what do you think? 2022, the worst year for the stock market since the crash in 2008. What will 2023 hold? The poll indicates a majority of Americans think it's going to be worse. You got the poll pulled up. What are some of the highlights on there? Um, So this is from Gallup. We have... uh, What's more likely to be true in 2023, a year when taxes will rise or a year when taxes will fall? Positive prediction, 18%. Negative prediction, 81%. 
uh, economic prosperity, economic difficulty, positive prediction, 20%, negative prediction, 79%. Oh, man. Uh, Political societal affairs, a year of political cooperation or a year of political conflict, 9% positive, (laughs) 90% negative. (laughs) Good God. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that 9% might be optimistic so far that we've seen. Yeah. Um, Gas prices, just so you know, um, this is the very latest as of today from AAA. Uh, National average price for regular is up to $3.26 a gallon, four cents higher than yesterday, and it is the eighth straight day of rising prices. And, you know, just do the test of going to the grocery store. I don't know what you guys spend, but for three of us, for me, my wife, and my 14-year-old stepson, uh, I can tell you a year ago – um, maybe a hundred bucks mm-hmm. for a week of groceries, mm-hmm. and now it's almost two hundred. It's almost doubled. When you look at things like the price of eggs, the price of milk, the, the staples. Yeah, I mean they are just going through the roof. Yeah, yeah, we're spending definitely more too. We're I'm fortunate we have a, a freezer stock full of deer meat right now, so we're not really spending too much on meat at the moment. But um, still on the other things like milk, eggs, creamer, coffee. Um, I mean, even coffee, it's like, you know, for one of those little pouch things, it's like six, seven dollars at Damn. least. So, yeah. but yeah, it's going up. <sighs> makes me want to take a swig of my coffee while yeah. I still can. Right. Hey, Let's cheers, see. Cheers to that <laughs> coffee. All right. Yeah. Mm. That's what gets us through. No doubt about that. Uh, there won't be any more getting through for a Missouri trans, uh, the transgender woman. Um, now when you say that, I mean, that's a man, right? Uh, well, you tell me. We're looking at looking at the picture of this person on the screen right oh now. So. Um, well, that's Amber. Uh, Amber was sentenced to die for stabbing an ex-girlfriend to death and dumping her body near the Mississippi River nearly two decades ago. Uh, Democrats wanted Governor Mike Parson in Missouri to stop the planned execution. Uh, they claimed uh, that the jury uh, that heard the case was never presented with crucial mental health evidence. <laughs> so um, Governor Parson was not moved, and the execution was carried out last night here in Missouri. And really, I mean, if we were the Biden administration, we'd be in the basement high-fiving each other because we just checked a box. Yeah. The first transgender woman has been executed. <laughs> yeah, equal opportunity, right? If you I think get, that's it. <laughs> if you you know, get equal opportunity for the uh, good stuff, you know, you should get equal opportunity for executions too. Good and bad, right? There's good and bad people. There are good transgender people. There are bad transgender people. There are good, fill in the blank, mm-hmm. white, black, Hispanic, um, gay, straight. Where else am I going with this? Yeah, well, I, I do have to say, you know, uh, Stabbing somebody repeatedly and then dumping their body in uh, the river is not very ladylike. <laughs> it's not. I wonder was was this an actual woman or a trans woman that uh, he stabbed? Yeah, I have no idea. Or it's uh, whatever. Former um, girlfriend, then dumping the body near the Mississippi River in St. Louis. Well, perhaps they've been reunited now on the other side. Yeah. And they can have that argument. Yeah, there you uh, go. I guess. Okay. Uh, along the same lines, the state of Florida looking into a sexually explicit drag show that was marketed to children. Governor DeSantis is looking into this. Multiple complaints after the drag queen Christmas. And you have a clip. <laughs> <laughs> Let's check it out. A short clip. Are the boobs lit up? Yep. Oh, my. And children were watching this. Apparently, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there you go. 
That's what's happening. Mm. Billionaire Bill Gates lecturing Americans that we will need to be off fossil fuels by 2050 and it will be the hardest thing we've ever done. And when I read this, I'm thinking to myself, you're a billionaire. You've had everything you want in life for most of your adult life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've you've flown on private jets. You've done this. You've done that. And now you have the temerity to tell me that we got to get off fossil fuels and we got to live like cavemen again. And it's going to be the hardest thing we've ever done, but we have to do it. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to worry about inflation, right? He doesn't have to worry about energy costs or how much uh, money he's spending in, in, you know, energy on his electric car or whatever because he can afford it. So do as I do or do as I say, not as I do. And again, that never worked when my parents said that to me, and I don't think it's going to work for America as we move forward, um, especially you know when you look at things like the climate. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and how many people died in that last bomb cyclone in Buffalo? I think they mm-hmm. finally capped the, the, the death toll on that thing. But you know, when we have a, a hot summer or a hot streak or something like that, first of all, I, I'm wondering what the downside is. You get more ground that you can grow longer. Is, mm-hmm. is there a downside to that? Yeah, I mean, people have made this point, you know, that um, warming leads to more fertile uh, soil and, and more plants growing and things like that. Like, you know, uh, obviously the left, the environmental left are all, always focused on the negative side of things, but there's plenty of interesting developments with the environment too. Like in North America, for example, there's more trees now than there was a hundred years ago because we're planting more trees and then also it's, you know, a better environment for trees to grow. So there's, you know, two sides to everything. Yeah. I was watching uh, air disasters the other night cause it's one of my favorite shows. Um, and it was the one where, um, Sully lands in the Hudson river mm-hmm. and they were talking about the fact that, um, there are more birds than there were 50 years mm-hmm. ago. Um, oh, yeah, because the plane got hit by a bird coming yeah, into land, right? A bunch of birds, a yeah. bunch of bird strikes, and that's happening a lot more with, with airplanes. Yeah. So I guess, you know, if we follow Bill Gates and John Kerry and all that, we'll just give up everything. Well, we will. They won't, but <laughs> right. we will. Um, and we'll go back to, you know, caveman days. I think we just have to kill all the birds. And here's another thing to think about. If, if, they, if they succeed, and I, and I think this is all a bunch of hooey, but if they succeed – what if they triggered an ice age? Because they got it going the other way. It's like, oh my God, now it's too cold. It's too cold. Just we've, like it is in this room right now. We've triggered an ice age. Well, there you go. <laughs> the equipment that we have here. And that's why I'm always in layers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll Me tell too. you why I'm wearing my Ronald Reagan shirt here in just a little bit. Um, but but I'm definitely in layers because it's, it's nice and uh, chilly in here. Um, you know, when we talk about the environment, it's where I like to bring in Austin Watterson and the folks at Royal Roofing and Solar. Not because I'm trying to virtue signal, bless you. Thank you. Um, it's because this is kind of an interesting opportunity because we do have that big ball of fire up in the sky that we call the sun, and it can generate electricity. It can generate energy. And what if your house, all of a sudden you owned your utilities, right? And you could you know, light your house, heat your house with the power of the sun, now, it doesn't work for every case, uh, and that's why there's some fly-by-night people out there that we don't want you to call. If you're interested in this at all, first of all, if you need a new roof, uh, Austin and his team did my roof. They did an outstanding job. 816-540-7057. And they're also into solar now because it, it's working out pretty well for the folks who've done it. And he tells me who his clientele is, Kurt, and it's us. Mm. It's not the loony left. 
Right. Because the loony left will tell you how you should live, and then they soak up as much fossil fuel as they possibly can because they're a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. What we're talking about is something that you can do to your home that makes you a little more energy independent. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you like that? Yeah, 100%. I At mean, least I think, have, Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I imagine that his, uh, his clientele is for solar, you know, and he does roofing and, and uh, contracting and other things as well. So you should hit him up for that as well. But for the solar stuff, I imagine it's what you said, it's people who want to actually take control of their utilities and, and not have to be reliant on the fluctuations of energy costs that we're dealing with right now. I mean, it's so uncertain the future with that. So mm. those energy costs are going up too, just like everything else, just like we talked about eggs and milk and creamer and meat. I mean, it's all going and gas prices. It's all going up. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is something you could do to turn the tide on that. And there are actually uh, tax credits that you can use that Austin's an expert in. Uh, just call him up and at least get that conversation started. 816 816- Five four zero seven zero five seven. Austin Watterson at Royal Roofing and Solar. He and his wife Buffy. I mean, they are Pleasant Hill people. They're Cass County people, down to earth. They're in this community. They're not going to sell you a bag of goods and then be on the first plane or train or automobile out of here. Uh, they're really good folks who will take care of you, and we're proud to have them on Dale Carter's America. All right, let's move into expectations for the new Congress. I hope to God that while we're doing this podcast, they have figured out who the next Speaker of the House is going to be. Uh, obviously, there, the, Kurt, there's a huge firestorm going on. You have your opinion on it. I have my opinion on it. You put yours out on on uh, the Facebook page. I put mine out this morning. I didn't look at the comments that you got, but I took a lot of slings and arrows from people who say they listen to every one of these podcasts calling me a rhino because I want to get this going. Okay, I, We counted down for two years to get to the red wave that turned out was not a red wave. We didn't get the Senate. We barely got the House. And I'm impatient. Right, I'm I'm always going to be impatient. I want to move forward. I want to get this thing going. And the the stumbling block is the very first thing. You can't do anything in the House of Representatives until you elect a speaker. Now, um, we've got a couple of clips. Matt Gates, uh, he's from Florida, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. he is. He's the one who is uh, railing against McCarthy. He put Jim Jordan up for speaker, and then we'll hear from Crenshaw, another guy. I think he's a Texas rep. Texas rep. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go with Gates first, and we'll hear them both out, and then we'll have a very civil discussion about where we go from here. Well, sometimes we have to do jobs that we don't really want to do, and sometimes we have to do jobs that we are called to do, and so my colleagues. I rise to nominate the most talented, hardest working member of the Republican conference who just gave a speech with more vision than we have ever heard from the alternative. I'm nominating Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is humble, perhaps today humble to a fault, maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who wants it so bad. Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who has sold shares of themselves for more than a decade to get it. Who you hear that? (laughs) Jim Jordan is the right person for Speaker of the House because he is not beholden to the lobbyists and special interests who have corrupted this place and corrupted this nation under the leadership of both Republicans and Democrats. Maybe Jim Jordan would be the right person for Speaker of the House because he wouldn't fight us when we try to get a term limits bill on the floor. 
Maybe Jim Jordan would be the right person because he wouldn't fight us when we try to put a balanced budget on the floor and vote for it. And maybe Jim Jordan is the right person because he would endorse the plan that was built by the Texas delegation to finally secure our border. Mr. Jordan said in his nomination that there are certain bills that we have to pass to fix the problem. The challenge is the alternative has been someone voting for the very bills that have caused these problems. Mr. Jordan says that we cannot accept legislation like the omnibus, and I fully agree. And if Jim Jordan were Speaker of the House, if he were the leader of the Republican team, we wouldn't have that circumstance choking the economy of our country, increasing inflation, and diminishing the prospects of a better life for our fellow Americans. And finally, Mr. Jordan said we must engage in rigorous oversight. Every one of my Republican colleagues knows that the person who can lead that oversight effort, who works on it every day, who has the skill and the talent and the will, is Jim Jordan. I'm nominating him, and I'm voting for him. Okay, let's let's pause right there before we get to Crenshaw. Um, a couple of things. Matt Gates uh, represents Pensacola and Fort Walton Beach in Florida, and that part of the Emerald Coast is the most beautiful beach area in America. So mm. I'm a big fan. I'm also a big fan of Jim Jordan. Mm -hmm. Love Jim Jordan. Um, and I think Jim Jordan ultimately is going to be the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. And with that, he's going to have vast investigative power, and we can get to the bottom of a lot of shit that we've been talking about for the last two years. Um, he doesn't want to be speaker. In fact, he nominated McCarthy to be speaker. Right. We'll get to the debate here in just a second. But Crenshaw's a guy that you don't like. He went on Fox News, and let's listen to what he had to say. Look, you, you, you've got these members. You just showed who they are. No one knows what their goal is. They, they say their goal is some noble cause for the, the cause of conservatism, for the people, for holding the swamp accountable, right? These are the phrases that they'll use to make themselves seem like they're some white knights out there to save you. Of course, none of this is true. None of this is true whatsoever. Um, this is truly a play for more airtime, and they're getting it. Uh, they are. There's some of these people who nobody knows who they are. Like nobody, people know who Scott Perry is, but nobody knows who Bob Good is. You know why Bob Good's not voting for Kevin McCarthy? Because Kevin McCarthy took three weeks to call him after he won his election, after Kevin McCarthy put $2 million into that election. Some of the reasons that these people have for not voting for McCarthy are unbelievably petty. Unbelievably petty. This is about showmanship. This is about notoriety. It has nothing to do with the conservative agenda. I would love for them to at least come out once and say, look, we actually disagree on the priorities of Kevin McCarthy and the rest of the Republicans. We have policy disagreements and, and we won't vote for you until you prioritize those policies that we think would be better for the American people. Have they said anything like that? No. Not once. You know what? Not like, once. Okay, well yeah. that's um, Crenshaw, Dan Crenshaw out of Texas. Um, Okay, here's my take on this, and then I, I'd love to hear your take, because I, I know that we don't see eye to eye on this thing. The American people gave the Republicans the keys to the House of Representatives, okay? It's the only branch of government that we control right now. We have a two-year time limit on getting that done, and we can't get past step one. For the first time in over 100 years, it went to a second ballot. I don't know that it's ever gone this far. 
for a and party. a third ballot, by the way. Well, exactly, yeah. third ballot yesterday, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so they're on to the fourth ballot today, and it may go on further than that. We cannot get beyond step one. The clock is ticking. People like Mark Alford, who we helped get elected to this Congress, can't get sworn in until we get a Speaker of the House. And I'm watching all this unfold, and at first I was kind of amused by it, and then it started to piss me off because the the vote totals were about the same. It's not moving anywhere. What is the end game? Are they going to try and get um, uh, Kareem or whatever his name is? What's Who's the Democrat? Uh, I forget. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But are they going to get him elected speaker? Because it could happen. You know, when Nancy Pelosi ran for speaker the last time, the margin for the Democrats was so thin, she um, uh, dispensed with remote voting to keep everybody in close, because if the the number fell below a certain amount, she could have lost to the Republicans. Mm -hmm. We run the same risk. Hakeem Jeffries, that's the guy's name. Right, right, right. Okay. So, I mean... Surely that's not the end game. What is the end game? Who gets two eighteen? That's that's the end game. Who gets two eighteen? Right. I mean, I think the 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 logic behind it is just looking bigger picture. And you know, I, I just have to say that the Dan Crenshaw clip is really infuriating to me because he's talking about being petty. I mean, he's the one that's obviously being petty in that clip. He's like, who? Nobody knows who these people are. Right. Oh, you know. Oh, they don't. Nobody cares about them. And he said. Uh, they should come out and give substantive policy disagreements for McCarthy and then say that they won't vote for him until they're, uh, until he meets those requirements. That's exactly what they're doing. I mean, we watched the Matt Gates clip. That's exactly what he said. He said he doesn't want omnibus spending. He doesn't want uh, to get ignored on border funding. He doesn't want these massive spending bills uh, going to, you know, Ukraine, hundreds of billion do- billions of dollars to Ukraine. And he doesn't want the conservative agenda being ignored by the Speaker of the House, which is what we would get with McCarthy, in my opinion. And um, I just think, you know, we have to look bigger picture here because we talk about on this podcast a lot, you know, the, the uniparty, if you will, like the, you always say the Republicans are the Democrats doing the speed limit. And it's so true. And McCarthy, in my opinion, and in the opinion of these 19 people that voted against him is the embodiment of that. So, I mean, yeah, we, we can have a guy that has an R in front of his name, but is he really going to do anything different? Is it going to be substantively different in any way? We had John Boehner. We had Paul Ryan. We had Mitch McConnell. None of them have changed the system in any meaningful way whatsoever. And it's gotten worse, you know, in terms of uh, what we're dealing with in Congress. So I think I, I just think at some point we as uh, through our representatives and government have to put our foot down and, and hold these people accountable. And if it means that they don't get the speakership, then maybe that's what it takes for them to learn their lesson. Okay. I mean, well, you haven't you answered know, my question yet. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't have an answer to it. I don't know what the end game is, but I think that, um, so you would be okay with Hakeem Jeffries, a Democrat being speaker of the house in a Republican majority house. I mean, no, I, w- I wouldn't be okay with that. Of course. But I, I would, I would also not be okay with, with a rhino, that is going to be the Speaker of House. You're and making then- a lot of assumptions. You're making a lot of assumptions. Mm-hmm. You have a guy in McCarthy who is supported by Jim Jordan, who you like a lot. Mm-hmm. I like a lot. Mm-hmm. He's supported by Steve Scalise, who I like a lot. I think you like a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got to get past step one. If we don't get past step one, we don't get to do anything. Right. And do you believe that perception sometimes exceeds reality? Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because the perception is among the vast majority of Americans, 
the majority of Republicans and all the Democrats is, this is a clown show. And you don't think they're going to start campaigning on day one that these guys can't do anything right. And the perception of the big middle, most of the Republicans, all of the Democrats, Mm -hmm. is that the Republicans can't do anything. So we're going to run right into the Democrats running the thing again. Let's at least give these people, the leadership, a chance to show what they can do and hold their feet to the fire while they're doing it. We are wasting valuable time screwing around with this thing. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. And uh, I think you you make a good point there. I mean, the the counter that I would think of there is, I mean, they, they've already done nothing. I mean, <laughs> I, it, I guess they it had depends. one day. No, no, I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about like we had President Donald Trump and both houses of Congress and we did nothing. We, we did a we, lot. You talk them all the time about all yeah. the great things that no, happened no, when but Donald I'm, Trump was president. Donald true. Trump did not do it by himself. Right, but I'm saying in ter- I'm saying in terms of like Congress specifically, like on these, on these items that uh, conservative Congress members supposedly care about, you know, like balancing the budget, like term limits, like securing the border, like uh, individual, you, 100%. you know, spending bills. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And the first issue that that's going to come up for this new Republican House is going to be raising the debt limit. And I'm going to be 100% against that. Mm-hmm. One of one of the people who said they listened to every podcast and is a fan of my morning show actually called me a rhino today because I'm pushing back on all this, Mm -hmm. that these 20 people are gumming up the works and we need to get things done. We have a very limited time, very limited window. And Democrats who would love to see us fall on our faces so they can come right back in in 2024. I think part of the problem, too, is just how the entire system works. You know, like we saw this with the omnibus, too. It's like everything is done behind closed doors. Everything is pushed to the last possible minute. Um, And like Gates has been in other interviews talking about how he's been trying to talk to McCarthy about these various issues over the past several weeks. Weeks, and he hasn't given him an answer on it because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to put his foot down on one side or the other of the issue because he just wants to get the vote over with and then become the speaker and then move on. And that's part of the problem too. That's a big part of the problem. Like I said with the omnibus bill, there was no real negotiation on what was going to be in the bill. There was not enough time for people to read it. They just had to vote on it. And that's the same thing happening here. So yeah, I mean it's true that. Um, like, yeah, this is all happening like the day of, right? The day of that they're supposed to vote for the speaker. And all of a sudden, you know, there's this disagreement within the party, but it's being forced to that situation is being forced to happen because there's no transparency. There's no process leading up to that, that we can actually determine who is worthy of the job. It's just vote day of, that's it. Well, and I lay some of this at McCarthy's feet. And one of the people who uh, hit me up on my Facebook post raised a great point. Um, what did McCarthy do behind the scenes between November and yesterday to secure this thing? Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi never held a vote in the House of Representatives unless she knew she was going to win. So what did McCarthy do? Maybe he dropped some balls here. Uh, but we've got to get this thing together because there's too much that we want to do. There are investigations. I mean, I worry, and I know you worry, that the FBI is is snooping on Republicans, that the FBI has become a, a wing of the Democratic Party. And, and there are some serious concerns there. Mm-hmm. I want a guy like Jim Jordan to get to the bottom of it, and I know he will. Yeah. Th- that guy is a tenacious bulldog. I want him to get to the bottom of these things. You know, if our president is compromised by the Chinese, I think that's a big, big thing. And that's something Jim Jordan would lead. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a, a question of what do you think the power of the speaker is? Glass half empty. I mean, there's a lot of power, obviously, in determining what comes to uh, what comes to the floor, what bills are voted on, the agenda of Congress. Broadly speaking, there's a lot of power in it. But um, again, I just think you know we, we keep. It's like every issue, you know. I mean, immigration is like this. We've been talking about immigration for. How long now? 50 years, 60 years. Right. Nothing has changed. We've had Republican Congress, you know, various Republican Congresses. We had the Tea Party wave in 2010. We had Trump with a Republican majority in Congress and nothing was done. And we have all these people who over and over again are saying, I'm a real conservative. We have the Dan, Dan Crenshaw's of the world saying, I'm I'm a conservative. You yeah. know, I'm going to I'm going to do all these great things. And then as soon as somebody pushes back on the establishment Republican Party that has done nothing in Congress, he's like, oh, these people, nobody knows who they are. And they're just gumming up the process. And they're they're He, he said that in a separate interview with CNN, of all people, he said that these people are now our enemies. He used those words directly. And that's the problem. He is the problem. the The problem is not, uh, you know, Jim Jordan or Matt Gates. It's people like Dan Crenshaw, in my opinion. All right. Well, they need to smoke the peace pipe because we've got to get moving here. There are too many important things that need to get done. We're thirty one trillion dollars in debt, and again, the first thing that they're going to have to deal with is raising the debt ceiling again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just where does it end? And, and, you know, we need the Republican Congress who controls the purse strings here to step up. And I think uh, step one is they've got to get this thing fixed and they got to move forward. Uh, and we will hold their feet to the fire. I've told you that. I'm not a rhino. I'm wearing my Ronald Reagan shirt today. Ronald Reagan, one of the great axioms he had was you can't get it all done on one day. And I know you're as impatient as I am with this. Mm-hmm. And, and Matt Gates is obviously really impatient on this. They want it all done right now. All of it done right now. Well, okay. yeah, but again, they—it's not realistic. They—they they don't have a choice. They're—they're—we're being forced into that because we're being forced to have this vote on on one day with no transparency leading and no conversation leading up to that. It's being that situation is being forced onto Congress and onto the American people, just like it was with the omnibus, just like it was, you know, with all these other issues. Um, we don't have a say in it. There's no transparency. That's why it's it's seeming like, you know, oh, they're just bringing it up last minute. But it, it's it's designed that way on purpose. All right. Well, let's go to when things really spun out of control. Um, you know, obviously, with uh, FDR and coming out of the Great Depression and World War Two, um, FDR went in there and got tried to get as much power as possible for the federal government. Um, And uh, a guy who looked at FDR as one of his great heroes was Lyndon Johnson. And it was on this day as we record this in 1965, LBJ was coming off a huge landslide win in 1964. Basically, it was, I think, uh, looking back at history, I think it was the vote for John F. Kennedy, Mm -hmm. uh, because it would have been John F. Kennedy's second term. But uh, Lyndon Johnson was no John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy was not an FDR Democrat. LBJ was an FDR Democrat uh, through and through. So he used the political capital that he got for the first uh, televised speech on the networks of the State of the Union. It was the first time it was ever on television. And LBJ, in one speech and one phrase, the Great Society, expanded the reach of the federal government to put it on a path to where we are today. The Great Society asked not how much, but how good. Not only how to create wealth, but how to use it. 
not only how fast we're going, but where we're headed. Yeah, we're headed off the cliff is where we're headed. You can stop the clip right there. But what pissed me off when I, I rewatched this speech again is uh, about wealth how it's created. It's created, as we know, in the private sector. The government creates absolutely nothing. All they do is tax people who do create wealth and then spread it around. And that was Barack Obama's thing. We're going to take money from you and you, and we're going to spread it around. Remember that clip? Is that your Obama impression? <laughs> That's when he was talking to the Joe the Plumber. Wasn't that Joe the Plumber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's talking to this guy. He's going, we're going to take money from this guy and this guy and this guy, and we're going to spread it around. Okay, well, it's my money. It's Kurt's money. We don't want you to spread it around. Okay, that's that's where the problem comes in. And, and if you go back to a John F. Kennedy Democrat, who today is a Republican, by the way, and when he said, uh, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. We don't do that anymore. Now it's like, what's the government going to do for me? What are they going to do for me? Is my check still going to come? Is my check still going to clear? Yeah. That's the problem, and it, it, it really started with FDR, but it was exacerbated in the 1960s by LBJ, and it destroyed the black family, by the way. And we've talked about that many times here on this podcast. Yeah, which ironically enough, you know, he was trying to push the Great Society as the, the answer to racial segregation. So, right, yeah, I and mean, we lost that war. We lost the war on poverty because every time they try and fix it, they make it worse, and that's what the swamp is. So don't call me a fucking rhino because I'm not a fucking rhino. I, I direct that not at you, Kurt, but at the uh, the listener who's, who called me a rhino because I'm pushing back on this Matt Gates thing. We've got a limited amount of time to fix a lot of bullshit in Washington and hold their feet to the fire while we're doing it. It's true. And I, and I will be 100% on that. But we've got we got a lot of work to do. We need more than two years. We need a Republican president. We need a Republican Senate. And if we want to overcome the what we're doing now from a perceptual point of view with a bulk of the, the voters out there, we've got to show them that we know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And right now, we're not showing them that we know what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I think we just have to show good leadership and, and show the right you know, bring the right people into the, into the right positions of power, you know, really, but, uh, which we sort of have done, but not really enough. Cause like I said, not that much has changed. So, all right, we'll move on here. Uh, again, we want to thank Bob Watson, uh, our state farm agent who is a big part of our podcast here. Um, if you, you're looking for insurance and who isn't, I mean, because the people who watch this podcast on the YouTube channel, who listen to the podcast, you're responsible Americans, right? You pay your bills, you pay your taxes, you have insurance because the state tells you you need to have insurance and all that. You're the good people. So when you're looking to uh, save a little bit of money, uh, State Farm right now has surprisingly great rates, and Bob Watson will take care of you. He's been a State Farm agent for five decades. He's based in my adopted hometown of Blue Springs at 7th and Main right there, uh, but he can uh, work with folks in Kansas and Missouri in the greater Kansas City metro area. 816-229-7878, auto, home, life, commercial insurance. When the weather gets warmer and you get the pontoon out, you need insurance for that. Uh, he's going to take care of you there with a, a great team in Blue Springs who 
who will answer your call when you call. It's not an 800 number that you're going to be transferred over to India or Sri Lanka or any place like that where somebody answers the phone and English is their fifth language. It's going to be somebody in Blue Springs uh, on his team, and they're going to take wonderful care of you. I know that because he's been my insurance agent for nearly 30 years uh, in Blue Springs. 816-229-7878 for all your insurance needs. Bob Watson is his name, and he is a great American. And I think he would agree with us on this, that there is in this country a war on merit. Now, we can't find the clip on this or the story, but I swear to God I am not making this up, uh, that there was a high school in Virginia that did away with the honor roll. They did away with it because they didn't want to make it unfair for the kids who don't make the honor roll. Yeah, right. That's a problem, don't you think? Oh, yeah. You were an educator. I mean, you know, there's a reason that you have an honor roll, and there's a reason that you actually do grades. Because there are kids out there, and I was not one of them, frankly. I was a C student. I'm going to level with you right now. C student, okay? Uh, and I did okay for a C student. Uh, I recall that George W. Bush once got a really good laugh because he said that it, things worked out well for him being a C student. There's a role for C students in this world. Uh, but there's also a role for the really, really smart people who end up at Ivy League schools. And how in the world do you separate the Ivy Leaguers from the people like me who went to a state school um, without grades and without the honor roll? Leveling the playing field is not the answer all yeah. the time. Well, they're trying to do that with, with everything. I mean, including college admissions, SAT scores, um, things like that. And, you know, there was a, a thing that I saw, like a graphic. It was from some left-wing group like NPR or something like that. But they had broken down uh, the weighted SAT scores that would be needed by race in order for everyone to get the same SAT score. So they're actually advocating for you know, you change, you weight the SAT score based on your race. So like white Asian SAT score, uh, test takers get a lower score and then Hispanic and black SAT test takers get a higher score because, uh, just because of their race. So, and then we see that in college admissions, Harvard has been sued for this and other schools have been sued for this. Um, and then obviously we see it in, in, you know, the, the workforce too, and in yeah. government and everything else. So um, one of the great things about America is that we reward achievement, okay? Mm -hmm. We reward achievement. And, you know, (laughs) I go back to my own history as a sort of athlete in high school. I was never going to be a starting football player. I was on the wrestling team. But when you bump up against something that you're not good at, you find out that you're not good at it, right? Mm -hmm. And you go in a different direction, and you try and succeed over here. If we level the playing field and we make everything milk toast and everybody gets a participation trophy, I mean, you know, where are the stories of people who bumped up against an obstacle, uh, something that was negative in their life? I mean, negative is out there everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and they moved in a different direction and all of a sudden they succeeded in a different direction because they failed over here. Failure is part of life. Yeah. And failure is a huge motivator. Uh, which is kind of what you're getting at. But, you know, and and another thing that you said that's very true is regardless of whether or not you have meritocracy, say, in school, you know, you get rid of grades in school or you, you level out the SAT school scores, that's not a reflection on real life. I mean, you get into the real world and you're going to have difficulty. You know, we need to train kids, especially, uh, to 
comprehend and to face challenges, you know, to face challenges head on, deal with them. And then if you fail at something to either overcome it or pivot and do something else, you know, that happens all the time. So, well, I don't know. I mean, I think the, the way that we're going, if we continue to go this way, there won't be any of that in the workplace. Uh, the military is another area. I saw uh, Jesse Waters last night on Fox and they had some stuff out of the military, um, something about a, a gingerbread man. And you have to find out, you know, um, it was something to do with um, the genders and all that. Oh, boy. It's just, you know. I, <laughs> I, I can I'm only watch, imagine. I'm watching this. You should get the Jesse Waters show from last night. We don't have to do it here. But, you know, uh, I just watched that, and the Secretary of uh, the Defense is saying, well, the military's not woke, and I take exception to that. And then Waters has all this stuff up there about looking at the gingerbread man and who gets to shower with who in the military. I mean, you know. The greatest generation saved our asses from the Nazis and the Japanese in World War II. Uh, I guarantee you they were not woke. Yeah. They went over there and they kicked ass. Yeah, and they exactly. did what they had to do. Exactly. I mean, back when men were men, you know. So there's a lot that we need to work on in this country. All <laughs> yeah. I'm saying is, for God's sake, elect a speaker. And let's get Mark Alford sworn in, and let's do the work of the people, okay? Uh, there. Yeah. Uh, I know that doesn't tie into the war on merit, but... By God, it probably yeah. does at some level. Well, we have uh, Senator, um, you know, Bulge Neck now. He got sworn in yesterday, so. Yeah. So did Schmidt in Missouri. Mm -hmm. We'll take him, right? Mm -hmm. He's a good conservative. I mean, all of a sudden, it's like, my God, if you're if you're not 100% subscribing to what Matt Gates is doing in the House, you're a rhino. And that's just asinine. That gets back to um, one of the core founding principles of this podcast. We don't call each other names. We, we don't. And Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment was, you know, thou shall not attack a fellow Republican. You know, that means something. And uh, I just think we need to get back to that. So that's I'm going to leave that there. And we're going to get to the fun stuff here because we've got a Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, 50th anniversary Arrowhead football. One of the things I didn't show uh, on the YouTube channel was this uh, shot of the field that looks like it came out of my booth at Arrowhead Stadium. Because that's about my view when I am looking at um, the field. Kind of fun. Can you yeah. hold it up to the camera a little bit more? There we go. How about that? that? Look at oh, that. Beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> Hang on. We'll go this way, too. Vanna White here. There's that. Patrick wow. Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Wow. Get that in focus. Yep. And then let's go the logo, the GEHA Arrowhead logo, 50th anniversary. Is that going to focus? Oh, there it is. Ooh, look at that. That's nice. And 100 bucks out of the cash coffers at uh, Dale Carter's America. So tell me how we're doing that again. Uh, we are – oh, there goes your video. Sorry about that. Uh, we I look are, better that way. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing uh, – so uh, if you're – you have to be subscribed to the YouTube channel, uh, which – if you are watching this on YouTube, you should be already. But if you're not, go subscribe on YouTube and then just leave a comment under this video. So subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment under the video, and then uh, we'll give it, I don't know, three days or so. And then we'll go through uh, and we'll pick somebody who, who left a comment. 
And then we'll, okay. uh, that, that'll be our winner. All right. That's 100 bucks and that Chiefs Arrowhead 50th anniversary football that you just saw. So subscribe on YouTube. You can get the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. We It's a growing thing because we're talking about the things that you're talking about. And maybe we don't always agree 100%, but I think ultimately we're trying to get to the same place. Mm-hmm. So let's, like we say, sometimes it's at the speed limit, sometimes it's at the speed of sound, uh, but our destination is not the cliff. It's going back up the mountain to the city on a hill okay we leave you with this um the washington redskins um name changed to the commanders i never liked that i think that's a (laughs) stupid ass name and all that um and and they were looking for a mascot and i had the perfect one for them kurt i mean you're younger than i am but did you grow up watching the bullwinkle cartoons bullwinkle and rocky i've seen it but i'm not really well and they have like different segments of bullwinkle and rocky so if you're about my age or maybe a little younger you're going to remember commander mcbragg Mm -hmm. when rush limbaugh passed away we we played the commander mcbragg you know little jingle because i use that on the air as my rush limbaugh update because i thought commander mcbragg was a pompous ass and as much as i loved rush limbaugh he was kind of a pompous ass Mm -hmm. and he probably would have thought that was funny Mm -hmm. um and i thought commander mcbragg could be the mascot for the commanders but no they went back to their past back when the redskins were winning super bowls um the offensive line were called the hogs do you remember that Nope. <laughs> there was like a section of fans that wore hog noses oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, dresses, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the hogs or the hogettes or whatever. Right, right. So they went back into the redskin past to come up with a mascot for the commanders. And what is his his name is? Major um, Tutty. Major Tutty. <laughs> this looks like something, if you're watching on YouTube, this looks like something out of a kid's nightmare. In fact, this may give me nightmares tonight. Roll out uh, uh, Major Tutty. I mean, really? <laughs> so bad. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and if you're just listening to the audio, go look it up. It looks like he's taking a dump right there. Um, yeah. And like they have this big, they have this big like unveiling, right? Yeah. And like look at the crowd. They're just like, you can hear it. Like just listen. There's like a, a low, ru- like, yeah. There's like nothing. Yeah. And it's the <laughs> like commanders. Why are they calling him Major Tutty? Major, I, the commanders. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It's it's great, honestly. I'm glad I'm a Chiefs fan, and I and I hope to God they never come hey, for us like they went for the Redskins. Never, man. That's coming. That's the uh, next one. That's coming. They're gonna have. We're gonna have our own uh, major Tutty. It's gonna be a a. Uh, well, we already have Casey Wolf. Right. Which doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand that mascot. Well, that happened before I got here. I'm not sure I understand it either. Yeah. Um, but I'm just glad that we still have the Chiefs, and I hope they put me in the ground before they screw us like they've screwed the Washington National <laughs> Football League team. And with that, I'll leave you until another week because I'm almost late for my next meeting. This is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.